This was brought to you by Franklin County Internet Gaming Society on YouTube and Facebook. Hut Mortuum is a grim, samba-looking scythe with a haft of wood charred so badly that it resembles little more than charcoal. The blade is made of a luster-less grey metal and is wholly unadorned, except for a lone glyph engraved on each side, a circle with three small dots arranged in a V shape. Non-legacy game statistics, plus one scythe, cost 2,318 GP. A V glyph glows a soft red whenever undead are within 60 feet of you. Omen, the wood of the haft crumbles away as the weapon is wielded, but the weapon's durability is unaffected. History. Kaput Mortuum, the name means lifeless head, is a legendary weapon in the lore of the followers of Neril, the deity of death. Tradition says a shadow original lie crafted it, and the scythe has claimed the lives of many heroes in its time. The weapon has the ability to drain victims of everything strong and pure, leaving them nothing more than desiccated husks. Many additional abilities have been attributed to Kaput Mortuum in Bard's Tales, and it might well harbor hidden secrets. EC15, forged 75 years ago by a powerful cleric of Neril, Kaput Mortuum was intended as a great weapon for the high priest of the Death God's clergy. But it never reached the high priest's hands. The cleric who forged it was attacked and slain by Shadows in his stronghold on the Plain of Shadow. The fortress fell into ruin, and the side remained within for a time. A necromancer discovered the weapon as he was exploring the crumb. Ling edifice e. Since Kaput Mortuum required divine spell-casting knowledge to fully unlock its potential, the necromancer sold the weapon to the Church of Weejas, DC 18, Blessing of the Goddess. Weejas's clergy gave Kaput Mortuum to a traveling acolyte who was undertaking a journey through Knoll-infested badlands. Whether the acolyte was slain by Knolls or simply betrayed his church and fled with the scythe is unknown. What is known is that the priests of Weejas never saw Kaput Mortuum again. Many search parties were sent out and numerous bounties posted, but it was as though the scythe had vanished from the face of the world. DC 25, Dweller in Darkness, the true fate of the scythe is UN recorded, except in a lone account written by a wanderer. This scroll is now stored in the library of a monastery dedicated to Bokob. The acolyte of Weejas ran afoul of the vile cult of Neril, which stole the scythe and murdered the acolyte in one of their dark, blasphemous rituals. Shortly thereafter, a schism within the cult ended in the deaths of all but two of the cultists. One of these two took Kaput Mortuum and Fl Ed into the northern lands, where he submerged himself in the seedy underworld of criminal guilds and secret conspiracies. There he founded a new cult of the Death God, based around the supreme authority of the wielder of Kaput Mortuum. DC 31, Terrible Vengeance of Weejas. Legacy Rituals. Three rituals are required to unlock all the abilities of Kaput Mortuum. Blessing of the Goddess, you must travel to a temple dedicated to Weejas, the deity of death and magic, to fight Endi a cleric capable of casting commune. The cleric must use the spell to determine if Weejas thinks you are worthy to wield Kaput Mortuum, passing on her affirmative answer as a blessing from her church. Cost, 1200 GP. Feet granted, least legacy, Kaput Mortuum. Dweller in darkness, you have to journey to the plane of shadow and survive there for three whole days. You can use any spells, magic items, or other abilities at your disposal. The ritual fails if you die before the end of this time. Cost, 
11,500 GP. Feet granted, lesser legacy, kaput mortuum. Terrible vengeance of Weejas, you are required to perform an act of retribution against Neral sect. To do so, you must track down and kill a cult of the death deities worshippers with a total encounter level of at least 16. You need not kill all the cultists yourself, but you must participate in the battle. Cost, 39,000 GP. Feet granted, greater legacy, kaput mortuum. Wielder requirements. Evil clerics are the most likely to find kaput mortuum useful. Blackguards can easily meet the requirements to wield the weapon, but they won't gain legacy abilai ties past 13th level without taking levels in another spellcasting class. Because blackguards only ever cast 4th level spells, they will not be able to fulfill the personal cost of sacrificing a 5th level or higher spell slot. Kaput Mortuum Wilder Requirements Ability to Cast Death Knell as a Divine Spell Any Non-Good Alignment Ability to Rebuke Undead. Legacy Item Abilities. The following is a Legacy Item Ability of Kaput Mortuum. Soul Servant, so beginning at 7th level, the souls of those you have slain with Kaput Mortuum linger, acting as the Unseen Servant spell. They dissipate if they take 6 or more points of damage, or if they move more than 35 feet from you. In such an event, the servants reform one round later in an adjacent square to you. Caster Level 5, Venture Seed, L6. While exploring an underground catacomb, the PCs discover that one of the tombs has been converted into a shrine to Neral, or another death god appropriate to the campaign. Worshipping at this shrine is a fifth-level cleric of Neral who wields Kaput Mortuum. This cleric has 5e e human warrior skeletons attending him. Ertak, priest of Neral CR 6 male human cleric 5ne medium humanoid init plus 3, senses listen plus 3, spot plus 3 languages common. AC 17, touch 9, flat-footed 17 HP 31, 5 HD, fort plus 5, ref plus 0, wall plus 7. Speed 20 feet, for squares, melee kaput mortuum plus 5, 2d4 plus 2 plus 2d6 plus deals 1d6 to wielder, or ranged MWK light crossbow plus 3, 1d8 the 19, 20, base ATK plus 3, GRP plus 4 special actions death touch 1 a day, 5d6, rebuke undead 5 a day, plus 4, 2d6 plus 7, 5th, spontaneous casting, inflict spells, Combat Gear Scroll of Animate Dead, Scroll of Magic Stone, Augury, Undetectable Alignment, Scroll of Protection from Law, Aid, Speak with Animals, Scroll of Darkness, Bless, Scroll of Calm Emotions, Foxes. Cunning, Thunderstone, Two Vials of Unholy Water Cleric Spells Prepared, CL 5th 3rd, Cure Serious Wounds, Dispel Magic, Magic Circle Against Good D, CL 6th, Second, Align Weapon, CL 6th for Evil, Ball Strength, Death Knell, plus 4 Melee Touch, DC 15, CL 6th, Desecrated, CL 6th, First, Bane, DC 14, Cause Fear, DC 14, Cure Light Wounds, Death Watch, CL 6th, Protection from Good D, CL 6th, Zero, Detect Magic, Detect Poison, Light, Red Magic, Resistance D, Domain Spell. Domains, Death, Evil. Ability Street 13, Dex 8, Con 12, Int 10, with 16, CHA 14 feats combat casting, Improved Initiative B, Least Legacy, Kaput Mortuum, B, Scribe Scroll Skills Concentration plus 9, plus 13 casting on the defensive, Knowledge, Religion, 
plus 8, Spellcraft plus 8 Possessions Combat Gear plus Full Plate, Kaput Mortuum, Masterwork Light Crossbow with 6 Bolts, Unholy Symbol, 15 Onyx Chips, 25 GP each, 10 pounds. Silver Dust, 43 PP, Human Warrior Skeletons, 5 HP 6 each, see page 226 of the Monster Manual. Shrine to Neril. Altar This altar to Neril is decorated with profane symbols and caked with the blood of sacrificial victims. The altar is the center of a desecrate spell, which bolsters the skeletons under Ertak's control. Protecting the altar is Ertak's primary objective. Burial niches within these stone niches are skeletons. If given a chance to prepare for or recover from an attack, Ertak uses his scroll of animate dead to mobilize these skeletons and turn them on the PCs. Also within each niche is a piece of jewelry worth 200 GP. Most of these baubles are still worn by the skeletons. And these ceramic urns are phyleled with cremated remains. Each urn has a hardness of 2 and 5 hit points. Shattering an urn stirs up a 10-foot radius cloud of ash that persists for 2 rounds and grants those within it concealment, 20% mischance. Characters within the cloud must make a DC 10 fortitude save to keep from being sickened. Alternative Progression 4. Kaput Mortuum Kaput Mortuum has a very straightforward legacy progression, becoming an increasingly dangerous weapon as its wielder advances in level. However, it does not gain other special abilities beyond Soul Servant. Players and DMs might wish to customize this item with unique legacy abilities. One possible alternative progression is described below. This progression slows the weapon's damaging ability slightly and grants it additional death-dealing powers. Progression is the same until the wielder reaches 11th level, at which time the weapon's new abilities are revealed in the following sequence. Personal costs remain the same as on table 3 to 8. Slaughtering swing, SP at 11th level, 3 times per day, you can deliver a death knell effect as the spell when you strike a successful blow with Kaput Mortuum. You must declare you are using the ability before making the attack roll, a miss wastes the effect. The save DC is 13 or 12 plus your charisma modifier, whichever is higher. Cast a level 11th, plus 3 vicious scythe, at 13th level, you wield Kaput Mortuum as a plus 3 vicious scythe, plus 4 vicious scythe, at 15th level, you wield Kaput Mortuum as a plus 4 vicious scythe. Blade of Destruction, SP at 17th level, once per day when you issue the command word, Bloodwind, and gesture with Kaput Mortuum, you can kill one living creature, as the finger of death spell. The save DC is 20, or 17 plus your charisma modifier, whichever is higher. Caster level 17th, plus 5 unholy vicious scythe. At 19th level, you wield Kaput Mortuum as a plus 5 unholy vicious scythe. Seldoriath's Clarion. This delicate-looking, spiraled silver trumpet is inlaid with intricate elven script, which translates as giving succor and friends shall answer the call. The mouthpiece is pale ivory, and an emerald-studded, Leather Baldric allows the horn to be slung over the carrier's shoulder. Non-legacy game statistics, Seldoriath's Clarion, cost 2,500 GP. You gain a plus 5 competence bonus on perform checks made with this instrument. Omen, any music played on Seldoriath's Clarion is clear, sweet, and hauntingly beautiful. Furthermore, the instrument never tarnishes or shows any sign of wear during regular use, it remains as bright and unsullied as the day it was created. History. Seldoriath's clarion appears to be an elven scout's horn, albeit an ornate and high-quality one. Outriders, rangers, 
and other advance units of elven armies carry such horns. Used to maintain communication and summon aid over long distances, these instruments are usually simple affairs made of horn or brass. Seldoriath's clarion clearly belonged to a wealthy or influential scout, or one who was rewarded for some great service to the elven people. Elf kings and nobles give only their most loyal scout silver trumpets, and then only in recognition of some truly heroic act. Few such instruments are ascribed magical properties in the elven histories. Clearly, Seldoriath's clarion is something extraordinary. BC 15, Seldoriath was a ranger serving as a scout in the forces of the elven King Aldonar, the ruler of an enormous forest realm. Though he was merely a low-ranking soldier in his king's army, Seldoriath was in love with King Aldonar's daughter, Indiriel. More significantly, the princess loved Seldoriath in return. Her father refused to allow her to marry so far below her star Tion, however. Resigned to love from afar, Seldoriath abandoned his hopes of marrying Indiriel and threw himself into his duties. He spent three months tracking an orc horde along the borders of the forest during a fierce winter blizzard. Three elves under his command froze to death, but Seldoriath was able to gather enough intelligence on the orcs' movements and deployment that the regular army routed them with minimal casualties. In recognition of his service, Seldoriath was awarded a silver trumpet and the honorary title, Knight Guardian of the Realm. Along with this honor, however, he was reprimanded and discharged from King Aldener's army for the reckless sacrifice of his three subordinates. The king could not ignore Seldoriath's heroic deeds, but he didn't want the scout to rise to a high enough rank to petition for Indiriel's hand in Mariage. DC 18, Watcher's Vigil, while he was disgusted and embittered by his king's actions, Seldoriath could not bring himself to leave his home or the woman he loved. With no formal military rank, he signed back on with Aldener's army as a mercenary, performing the same duties he had always carried out. Now, however, he was looked on as little more than a dog that might turn on its master at any moment. Mercenaries were disliked at best in the elven military, and Seldoriath's presence was tolerated only because of his skill and the renown he had won from the incident with the orcs. Though he was sneered at by the officers, most of whom were drawn from the nobility and were perfectly aware of the real reason Seldoriath was discharged, the Ranger's keen mind and knowledge of woodcraft won him friends and allies among the enlisted soldiers. Three years into his tour as a mercenary, Seldoriath was on patrol deep in the heart of an uninhabited region of the forest. There, a huge section of ground collapsed inward, revealing a subterranean cavern out of which boiled thousands of drow and their arachnoid servants. Surrounded and cut off from any hope of escape, Seldoriath raised his silver trumpet to his lips and blew a long, clear blast. Much to his surprise, not only was the call answered, it was answered in force, a brigade of elf mags had been training in the region, and with their potent magic, they were able to contain the drow assault and drive the dark elves back underground. DC 25, Prayer of Thanksgiving, after saving the kingdom from certain destruction twice, Seldoriath could no longer simply be brushed aside by King Aldonar. Reluctantly, the king restored Seldoriath's rank and status, removing the only obstacle to the ranger's marriage to Indiriel. The couple were at long last wed, a century and a half after they first met, and their child was named the royal heir-designate. King Aldonar died in the child's fifth year. Some claimed his death was the result of assassination, even placing the blame on the king's own daughter. With the child still far too young to take the throne, Seldoriath ruled as regent for the next hundred years. 
The former scout proved a surprisingly able and adept ruler, drawing on his experience to initiate sweeping reforms in the kingdom's armies and improve their readiness against drow incursions and orc raids. He was no less adroit at the arts of statecraft, forging a lasting peace with the dwarves who dwelt on the forest's northern borders, negotiating a mutual defense treaty with the human nations to the south, and even easing strife between the elven subraces. When his son came of age, Seldoriath gracefully stepped down as regent and retired completely from politics. He and Indiriel settled into a home on the outskirts of the forest, where Seldoriath could once again live the life of a simple ranger. When Seldoriath died many decades later, his son sounded Seldoriath as clarion at his father's funeral, announcing to the afterlife that a great hero was arriving. The horn remains in the royal treasure vault, to be given to a ranger who proves himself worthy of Seldoriath's legacy. PC 31, Oath of Fealty. Legacy Rituals. Three rituals are required to unlock all the abilities of Seldoriath's clarion. Watcher's Vigil. You must track a creature or group of creatures for at least one full week in severe weather. The weather should include at least one element that threatens your safety, be it temperature, wind, or precipitation. Blinding blizzards, scorching temperatures, and drenching rains are all appropriate. You must either keep your quarry in sight or remain on its trail at all times. If you lose the trail for more than two days, the ritual fails. Cost, 1,800 GP. Feet granted, least legacy, Seldoriath's clarion. Prayer of thanksgiving, you are required to travel to the site where Seldoriath's trumpet call saved his kingdom from drow invasion. Once there, you must spend a day fasting and in prayer to the elven gods, thanking them for protecting Seldoriath and sending him the aid he most needed. Cost, 12,700 GP. Feet granted, lesser legacy, Seldoriath's clarion. Oath of fealty, only one who is truly loyal to the legacy of Seldoriath can access the greater abilities of Seldoriath's clarion. You must swear an oath to honor and protect the kingdom that Seldoriath's son still rules. The oath must be sworn publicly before the king or another noble of the realm. Cost, 40,500 GP. Feet granted, greater legacy, Seldoriath's clarion. Wielder requirements. Rangers and barbarians find the wielder requirement easiest to meet and are likely to benefit the most from Seldoriath's clarion. Any character who is frequently separated from the rest of the party and needs to summon aid is likely to find this horn useful. Seldoriath's clarion wielder requirement survival two ranks. This was brought to you by Franklin County Internet Gaming Society on YouTube and Facebook. Roger Hansen on Patreon, and Gaming with Infamous on Discord. Thanks for stopping by. Listen to our podcast on any of these platforms. Anchor. Breaker. Overcast. Pocket Casts. Radio Public. Spotify. Support us on Patreon. And check us out on Discord. All the links can be found in the video description below. We thank you for your participation. If you enjoyed please like, subscribe, share, make comments. We love feedback.